Well, hello there. Welcome back for another session at the Ignite Your Wellness podcast where we help active adults, yogis, and yoga teachers who value their health practice and play for life by reducing nagging aches and pains, boosting energy, relieving stress, also you can feel better as you age with health, wellness, and yoga tips from highly requested professionals, as well as active adults with inspiring stories from all around the globe. I'm your host, Alison McLean, physical therapist, yoga teacher, and soon-to-be certified functional nutritionist. Today, join me as I interviewed Sarah Clark. I love this episode for its perfect timing for Mother's Day. She gives a wealth of information on how nutrition can affect fertility. So if you're looking to be a mom-to-be, then this episode is for you. Sarah is a certified life coach with accreditation from the International Coaches Federation and a health coach with training from the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. She's also the author of Fabulous Fertile, Supercharge Your Fertility Naturally. She has her own fertility coaching program and so much more. So make sure to join and listen to this episode to get all her information. And I hope all of you have a wonderful, wonderful Mother's Day this weekend. Enjoy. Okay. Hi there, Sarah. Welcome. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining Uh, So would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing these days? Yeah, so uh, while I'm uh, just outside of uh, Toronto, I'm in uh, in Canada, and um, I help couples that are struggling with infertility make uh, using uh, functional lab testing, making diet and lifestyle changes. That's wonderful. Uh, So can you tell us a little bit how you correlate the what comes up in lab and someone's fertility or improving a couple's fertility? Yeah, so we use um, functional testing and we start with using food sensitivity testing. And um, so that looks at your, so we have a number of different tests we use and we're not affiliated with any of the labs. So the ones that are the best ones on the market at the time. And really, so if there's any kind of inflammation in your body, your body wants to survive, not procreate. And so a lot of people that come to us would say they're eating this clean, healthy diet. And when we dig in further by doing the elimination diet, which is the gold standard to figure out, to figure out if you have a food sensitivity and then tweaking it further with food sensitivity testing, then we actually find out that a high percentage of them, if not all of them actually have a food sensitivity. Mm. So yeah, so we use either the Leap MRT, which is looking at 200 foods and food chemicals. And we've just started in the last six months or so using um, the Zoomer panels from Vibrant Wellness. So they're, they're digging into, it's a very detailed report over like a hundred page report, looking at um, a wheat Zoomer, a soy Zoomer, a dairy Zoomer plus an IgG test. The IgG is basically that delayed food reaction where the, where the bread you have on Friday gives you the, gives you the headache on Monday. You never, Ooh. you never correlate it. A lot of people are just doing the IgG, but then it, and it could come up and just doesn't dig as deep and could miss um, it's not a great t- task for, for gluten sensitivity and even dairy. So um, the Zoomer panel is a really good one. And as well as the, the, the LEAP MRT is a really good test as well. But you can get those test results and look at them on the paper and go, what am I going to do? Um, but the, really the gold standard, like I was saying, is the elimination diet. And that's where you're taking out those top allergens, which are dairy, gluten, soy, corn, peanuts, and eggs, plus processed sugar, taking those out for 10 days and then systematically reintroducing them over the course of 30 and really seeing how 
the food impacts your body. So you can bring back in corn and maybe it flares your asthma, bring back in dairy, could feel phlegmy, bring back in gluten, maybe your digestive is off, your, your digestion is off. So it's different for everyone. So really to have both partners, so it's not just a female partner, both partners doing that elimination diet and then tweaking it further with the food sensitivity test. And there's no, there is no perfect food sensitivity test. It's a snapshot in time. And a lot of times people come back if they have, um, if, if they have issues with their gut health. And a lot of people we see have been on long-term hormonal birth control. So potentially leading to leaky gut intestinal permeability. And then you're like, wait a minute, you get your food sensitivity test. The whole thing's lit up with all your favorite foods, but as you heal your gut, then you can eventually bring those foods back in. But if it's at a, if it's in a, in a red, something's in a red, you may not want to ever bring that back in. But most, most foods you can bring back in and as, as you start to heal. So um, the food sensitivity diet test is our, our first test. That's awesome. I, I find this work so fascinating. In fact, I'm going through a nutrition program right now because I want to bring in this work for uh, chronic pain and inflammation. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's, it's great for fertility, obviously, but any, any, a lot, a lot of the, the, the autoimmune and those chronic yes. diseases that really Western medicine will just give you a pill and doesn't get to the root cause. And, and that the, 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 the functional approach really helps to figure out why. Yeah. And do you see, cause you're working with partners, which I think is so cool. Like, do you see that, you know, in a couple, in a family where one um, person can get away with eating certain things and the other person, maybe it's in the red or are a lot of partners kind of complementary and similar. Do you see any um, patterns yeah. there? I don't know about patterns, but I think the pattern would be that a lot of times the partner if it is female factor for uh, infertility, which is what we primarily deal with, a lot of times the partners, he's over there and he's very supportive, but he doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, he could be doing his supplements. He probably is eating clean like, like she is, but she, she, he's not sure how food impacts her body. And a lot of times, even if he's saying his sperm health is fine, there's always things we can do to look to improve uh, preconception health. So as we look at a full blood chemistry panel for both, and it's not to diagnose, but to um, educate, to see, so we're looking at the levels through the lens of um, the, the functional levels, which are for healthy people, and the conventional levels that the reference ranges are for people with, with disease. So just the functional levels, just track it earlier, and then you can say, wait a minute, what's been missed? As far as foods, the thing that we do see the most is that um, females, the typically the, so this female factor infertility, is a high um, sensitivity to gluten, so non-celiac mm. gluten sensitivity. When they have gluten, it's a serious issue. And that's when we're, we're, um, we suggest the whole home uh, go gluten-free, even him going and having a beer or having a piece of bread, giving her a kiss. These, these um, ah. then cause reaction for, for weeks and months in the body, depending on how reactive you are. And we see that a lot. So um, that's why it's important to have both people on board. And even, even for, for the male partner, um, typically when they both go through the elimination diet, I haven't really had had anyone go through the elimination diet, they're like, I don't feel anything. Like most people, if, if, they, if they're, and, and it is being honest, because sometimes people kind of go crazy about the dairy and the eggs one. Um, mm-hmm. Ooh, I, you know, I don't have any issues with those foods. And then if they get the really honest, kind of like, oh, I have to feel a little bit gassy, did feel a little bit bloating. You know, that is a, as a, is a symptom. It's kind of like, wait a minute, when I have this food, this is what it does to me. So to be able to then do some things to heal the gut and um, work, you know, work to improve that. 
Um, I love that. So how do you measure reactions? Is it again like uh, the lab values or is it mostly symptoms or a combination of um, both? Yeah, so the, so the uh, lab values will then, so basically well, there's foods that are in the yellow, you keep those up for 60 days, foods in the red, you keep up for 90. And then when the elimination diet, it's really, um, it's, it's, there's a symptom checklist to see um, as they bring food back in and if they have any kind of reaction, be it um, skin rashes, be it mood, maybe it just makes you super irritable, um, be it digestive, you know, constipation, diarrhea, um, be it joint issues, sometimes people get painful joints. Mm. So any of those issues, then you stop the food and you don't continue to eat it. And then you keep it out for, for a period of time. And usually when they do the elimination diet, we get back the food sensitivity test. Then we're like, oh, they can correlate it. Go, oh, right. We just had someone the other day that her gluten was off the chart. Her dairy was off the chart. And yeah, when she brought them back in, she had digestive issues. She had uh, gas bloating. Like it, it was for her, it was digestive. And a lot of times people think with a food sensitivity, it's just di digestive, totally. but it's those other issues too, right? With, right. with anxiety, depression, um, chronic pain too. Like if there's issues with um, um, like joint pains, joint stiffness, uh -huh. that, that can be um, correlated Ooh. with the food sensitivity and gut infections. Yeah. Yeah. So important. So the definition of a clean diet, quote unquote, that will vary person to person. Yeah, people come in and they say they're clean and it's, it's clean can be organic and nutrient dense. And maybe, you know, you're, um, but you could still be having whole grains, which technically could be considered clean, but really is that clean diet right for you? So it's very, so the functional approach is really, it's personalizing what you're eating and customizing that, that diet for you. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, so do you have a lot of, uh, pushback or how would you work with someone like let's say their favorite food is on that red list and it's just not conducive to fertility or maybe other health goals as well to bring that food into their plan for the long term how how do you work with that if most so my clients are very motivated they want to prepare their body for a baby and most people are past the point that they want to have their their, their baby so they're very motivated and, mm -hmm. and really to be able to see this and kind of go, oh, really? And then as we say, it's not forever. Although mm -hmm. some foods, if it's in a high red, it may, it may be forever. But um, so I'm dairy gluten, I'm dairy free, gluten free and corn free. So I walk the talk and it's really in the beginning. It is difficult. Like it sucks. Like you're really, I gotta get rid of my favorite foods. And mm -hmm. there's that societal pressure. People are like, what are you eating? What are you doing? It's <laughs> crazy. And what are you going to eat? Are you going to starve? And this is not about you going to some full, you know, plant-based diet, it's eating more greens, but you can still have animal protein. Um, so, or, you know, you are looking at um, wild caught fish and looking at um, grass fed meat and really um, like eating a, like a beautiful diet, but it's, mm -hmm. it is the beginning. It, it's hard because you've really got to read ingredients, um, look at what you're eating. And that's why having someone to support you and then no one, cause you might go into self doubt going, oh, this is not working. Uh, right. Yeah. So you start to self sabotage and then you're like, Oh, just cheat. Like this is not about cheating because, and it's not, and it's not because basically if your body has, is having a reaction to this, again, it's your body wants to survive, not procreate. So then that's impacting your, your ability to, to, to have a baby. So it's really to, to, to recognize, and it's not about perfection. So if you go and have it, you'll just be like, Oh, wait, I've had people like they keep telling me every Tuesday I have a headache. 
And even though they've done the elimination diet, we've done the food sensitivity. Well, what's happening every, why every Tuesday, everything had, oh, on the weekend, I had a little bit of gluten. And then they're like, oh, so it might take a few times. Oh, that's what it's doing to me. It's giving me the migraine. Mm. Oh, I'm super cranky when I had, you know, so it is sometimes you have to slip up a few times to be able to really make the correlation. And then most people are like, I don't want to feel like crap. I don't eat the right. stuff because I don't want to feel poorly. Right. And do you work with people that are more plant-based and with the elimination diet and like foods that maybe if, if they are uh, gluten sensitive and eggs and all this, do they feel ha like they have enough food choices being completely plant-based? Yeah, I think like with the plant-based thing, so like we don't subscribe to any, you know, vegan, paleo, keto, Whole30, any of that. It's really to customize the food for you. So if you've got very strong beliefs of on, on not eating animal meat, mm -hmm. um, like this is about being open-minded because that, that may not be right for you. Maybe it is. I know for me, I feel better with more plants, whereas my husband, like I need more meat and he's almost like fainting on the floor. So it is to really see, you know, obviously there's, there, there's a lot of, in the whole vegan community, it's like my parents have been vegans for 30 years. So I, I get it. They were, my mother was a vegan back when people were like, what is that? And you're, you're crazy. Good now enough. it's, you know, now, exactly. Now it's super hip, but um, just for, for if you're if you're very rigid and stuck to a certain way of eating, just encourage you to have some open mind and see is that really right for your body? Yeah, that's wonderful. And um, what kind of uh, results or success stories have you seen in your office? Yeah, so um, I've got one that so she came in and she had um, diminished ovarian reserve. Um, she had an AMH of 0 0.09. So very low, really told that donor eggs are her only option. Uh, um, she had, um, she'd done three IVFs, two IUIs that didn't work. Mm. She, um, and then so, so basically came in and we did the elimination diet and did the food sensitivity test, came out that she was, and we were doing the leap MRT test back then. So um, it came out that she was highly intolerant to gluten. Um, she did the um, hormone test and she was in a busy, um, she had a high stress job and traveled a lot. So her cortisol levels were kind of flatlined from being burnt out from doing, you know, all of those IVFs, which then can impact your, your, your hormones. Um, mm -hmm. And then also did the stool test, which found out she had um, multiple parasites, mm. um, bacteria, and she had H. pylori. We see mm -hmm. that being passed back and forth between partners. Um, so we addressed all those. So it's a protocol. Typically, the protocol was it's about three and a half months, four month uh, protocol. And then she switched. So did the elimination diet, and then for her, did the AIP diet. So there is some efficacy with um, studies coming out with the autoimmune protocol diet. Actually, I got them on my podcast talking about um, with uh, Crohn's and colitis. Uh, mm -hmm. There was 11 people in a study who did AIP and that's really the elimination diet on steroids. You're taking out grains as well and a whole host of nightshades. Um, but people on that diet, 75% of them went into remission after six weeks. And these are long time Crohn's and colitis mm. people, like 18, 17, 18 years. And then also people, they did a study with Hashimoto's. So 17 people in the study, one person had to leave the study after eight weeks because she got pregnant naturally. 
Oh, wow. And the rest all improved their lifestyle um, markers. And um, uh, just after, this was after, I think it was a six week study. So that's just the AIP diet. So she did the AIP diet, it was very strict. So she was a very type A driven, like whatever we said for the, the, the recommendations, she did it. And then um, addressed those parasites, worked on the stress. She was a runner. So went down to non-vigorous exercise, more yoga and meditation. That was really hard for her because she's like a, you know, I gotta get out there and just pound it out. Yeah. Um, and then after four months, she got pregnant naturally. And Aww. I remember at the beginning, she's like, oh, I'll make, the, I'll make a really great case study. And she does. So oh, yeah, yeah, she had a, had a little boy. So, um, and that's been told, that's a, you know. Yeah, so being inspiring. Told, yeah, being told that it would never work. And, and um, just with a functional approach, just really offers some um, amazing options. Um, do you, now this is uh, an, an opinion question, but do you have any theories or philosophies on why we're so sensitive? Has it always been this way? Or do you think it's like a combination of all the processed food and stress? Do you, do you have any thoughts about why, why we're just so intolerant? Or is it just because we're like processed foods? Yeah, to me, like we're in the middle of a huge food experiment. Our food's been sprayed with glyphosate and a whole host of other pesticides and herbicides, which are the, the glyphosate is is linked to infertility and a whole host of other um, diseases. And our water, all these different environmental toxins, and the fact that we're a lot of us like I ate this great healthy diet growing up was vegetarian, mm -hmm. and you know I remember when I was in 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 like years ago in the eighties, I'd bring a pita bread with alfalfa yeah. sprouts and sardines. I was like super, I, I knew, knew no other way. And then I laughed and started eating, you know, Campbell's soup out of a tin. So um, yeah, it's our processed food. And I think we've, and then our, you know, our high stress, busy, busy lifestyle, a combination of the standard American diet, the, the lifestyle and, you know, doing too much because it is really, there's different stressors in the body, be it, be it a food sensitivity, and I think people miss that one. So I think I've had a food sensitivity. You know, I think we all have that tipping point too, where, where we could eat it for a while. So we're like, oh, I ate this my whole life. I had no problems. So we can eat it for a while. And then we start having these other issues. We don't, we don't, we don't think it's related to the inflammation of what we're placing on our fork three times a day. Like, why is that not considered an issue? What we're ingesting. Right. It's interesting. And, and so to me, yeah, it's a, it is a, a big food experiment. And I think it's contributed to our, um, the health of our population, which is not good. And you watch that handmaid's tale with all those infertile women and you, all the toxins and stuff like that. And that, that movie with Mark, uh, Margaret Atwood based on the Margaret Atwood book. And I don't know, I look at that and go, wait a minute, infertility is on the rise. It was 60% female, 40% men, male, and now it's more 50, 50 male, men's sperm counts have gone down like over the years. It's, um, I don't know. I think we're in a bit of a crisis now. Yeah. Yeah. Things are certainly shifting. And do you think also too, um, I've heard or read research studies of, uh, because we're, um, trying for babies later in life, um, as well. Do you think that plays into it? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think obviously as you know, that hey, we, we, that if we're trying later, it does. And, um, that's, that can be part of it, but also like women can have children in their forties. So why, and a lot, so the thing is to, 
in our society with, so back in 1985, there was 40 fertility clinics. Now in 2015, there was over 440. So the fertility, yeah, this is big freaking business, like trillion dollar business. People will go to their OBGYN and then the first referral is to the clinic and then pump themselves full of medication, IUIs, IVFs, not get to the root cause of why it's not working. And typically it's a lot of, you know, type A driven, like I work with a lot of like doctors, nurses, lawyers, accountants, like type A driven people. And it is like the slowing down part and like fighting them back from working more than 50 hours a week. That's why this time, unless you're a healthcare or an essential worker, it's actually a good time to kind of slow down as we're recording this during, during the pandemic. But um, yeah, I think obviously that the, the stats are the older you get, the less, you know, the less, that's less chances, but it's not to say it can't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, I love all this information. So let's say that someone uh, feels stuck, uh, whether it be um, a husband and he, they're really trying or the wife herself is listening. What would you recommend? Where would you recommend them to start? Yeah. So depending, um, like if they're just, if they've been trying for six months over 35 and trying for one year and, and under 35. So really the first thing to do is to have both partners do the elimination diet. I'd start and do that. You can go to my podcast, get pregnant naturally. And it tells you how and why to do the elimination diet and really taking out those top allergens, take, take them out for 10 days and systematically reintroduce them, switch to organic, um, making sure you're eating. And if that's too cost prohibitive for you, at least do the dirty dozen or the clean 15. But to me, I would, I would eat everything organic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also looking at your water, making sure you're getting um, eight glasses of water a day and make sure it's filtered. Um, I like the Berkey water filter the most, the, the best. It's t- it, it t- filters out some of the most um, harmful toxins. So you, our, our water can be filled with birth control uh, pills and pesticides and all sorts of other, other things that are definitely not um, um, recommended for reproductive health. And, um, and then also depend, like, look at your stress to get honest about your stress. Like, look at if there's, um, stress at your job, is there anywhere you could, you could pull, pull back. And, um, cause this is about, cause if you're feeling you're in that like pushing, pushing, pushing thing, how do we go back into receiving and, um, slow down? Cause that is equally as important about us doing all these tests and looking at the physical issues. The emotional side of this is, is very important. There's a lot of triggers. There's a lot of heartache. There's a lot of frustration, isolation. Um, it's, it's a difficult journey. And, um, we run a a mindfulness group. I co-facilitate it with a therapist a couple times a year and, um, just helping people get honest about some of that mental, emotional stress is equally as important as the physical stuff. Yeah. So important. Um, just so I don't forget, what's the title of your podcast? Uh, get pregnant naturally. Okay, great. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Great. Have you um, encountered, um, I know we talked like uh, stress. How about stress of uh, overworking out? Do you see any of that? Yeah, for sure. Like we see people that are doing those training for the marathon or, oh, I was just going to train for a triathlon. And um, it's not recommended. You want to make sure you're doing the, the you want to make sure you're moving. That's equal it's important to move, so you don't want to be sitting on the couch, but uh-huh. more of, so yoga, like half a yoga or restorative yoga, yin yoga, so slower moves, so slow that you may want to 
run out the room because you're like, this is too slow. Uh, it's right. killing me. Which yeah. is the point to exactly. sit with it and, and maybe some grief will come out, you know, as you're holding some of these poses. Um, and then like brisk walking um, can be helpful. So it is important to move, but you don't want to be like the next day if you're dragging your butt, it, it can be too much. And especially a lot of times we see people that, you know, their, their stress hormone, their cortisols, have, it, it could be flatlined or you could be burnt out and it's um, doing that just makes it worse. Yeah. And I've learned that personally uh, myself. And in fact, when I got pregnant and I really um, surrendered to all this, Mm. one of my yoga teachers, she's like, oh, Allison, you're softening. And I was like, exactly how I felt. Like my muscles were less rigid. My, um, my, the structure of my life and my work was less rigid. And she goes, now you're getting ready for motherhood. Like the softening is part of like the preparation and of just preparing for motherhood. And, and I really, I love that because mm. like my daughter loves now she's four, but she loves to like snuggle up in me and, and softness is part of that. You know, yeah. she not want to uh, huggle, uh, snuggle up with me if I was a ha- all hard, rigid, person you know mm-hmm. so um yeah anyways um so beautiful uh what uh any parting words of wisdom here there's a lot for people to digest yeah i think it's really important with the with um infertility so people get focused on their diagnosis like very myopically focused on the diagnosis but we it be it unexplained infertility be it diminishing barium reserve or fibroids endometriosis pcos it, it gets like stuck on that diagnosis and thinking, you know, this is the only thing we can do. We get very focused on egg health. And although looking at egg health can be helpful, like looking at those generalized recommendations may not be right for you. That's why the functional approach just really offers that personalized approach to medicine to be able to, um, to really take these tests and then develop a protocol that's, that's right for you. And, you know, you could be doing keto, you could be doing paleo and a bunch of other diets and they, those diets may be right for someone else, but not you. So it's really to, to not get stuck on the diagnosis, to really look at your whole body. And I've had people come to me saying, oh, I've got infertility. And oh, by the way, I, ha- I have Hashimoto's. Oh, by the way, I have celiac. Oh, by the way, I have, I have hypothyroidism, which we see all the time. Oh, by the way, I've been taking uh, long-term hormonal birth control for 15 years. Like those are all clues. And um, for us to dig deeper, and the fact, most people, when I ask, you know, why'd you go on the pill? And it wasn't for prevention. It's because they had light periods, heavy periods, irregular periods, acne, like and then they go off and now they're dealing with infertility. That's not the case for everyone, but people that come to see me, that is the case. So it's really looking at your whole body and sort of really tuning into your own um, uh, intuition. You know your body best. Yeah. Yeah, no, and that's true for, um, I find that a lot in my world too. Someone might get stuck on like the disc bulge that was diagnosed via an MRI, but you have to, you have to take a step back from that and look at the whole picture. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your, your knowledge and your advice and your wisdom. And I will link up your podcast and your website in the show notes. So for anyone looking to uh, learn more from you, they can head there. And um, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. 
I hope you enjoyed that episode with Sarah and received some information you can implement right away. If you did enjoy this episode and more, make sure to hit that subscribe button. If you're looking to dive deeper and get better, bigger results in your health, your wellness, your body, so many of you have told me that you love the podcast and by implementing the information are feeling positive changes in your life. Well, did you know that you can get even bigger results? There's two ways to work with me personally. You can work one-on-one, either physical therapy or anywhere in the world, health health coaching sessions, or there's the online Ignite Your Wellness Catalyst, which is essentially all my workshops, all my classes and programs, all in one spot on demand. Plus, for both of these, you have me as your guide to tweak, fine-tune, and move past obstacles and hurdles. So don't get stuck trying to go for it on your own. Uh, Start getting results right now. Head over to IgniteYourWellness.com to sign up for a free console or download one of the many freebies to get started right away. Have a great Mother's Day weekend. Bye for now.